Welcome to Beneath the Wing. Just like air passing over the wing of an aircraft provides lift, the people we meet can also give us lift in life by sharing their stories of strength and success, connecting us all. Beneath the Wing explores the stories of the men and women connected with the Minnesota Air National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing. This special series is dedicated to our airmen's first year stories. Hear from our wing's newest members, from enlisted aviators to electricians, aircraft maintainers to medics and all jobs in between. These airmen have transformed from high school students to dedicated and involved members of the 133rd Airlift Wing family. In their own words, they'll share how they chose their military job, the connection they have with the team, and how they have changed from young civilian to American Airmen. I'm your host, Wing Command Chief, Mark Legvold. Joining me today on Beneath the Wings, first year stories is Airman First Class Sarah Zimmerman. Sarah joined us in December of 2021, left for BASIC uh, in July of 2022, and she is a proud graduate of Bloomington Jefferson High School, Go Jags. Welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So Bloomington's not too far down the road from our uh, 133rd airlift wing right there at the airport. Uh, let's start with your story on how you found us. How did you find the 133rd? Um, well, it was mostly through my dad because he has been a member at the 133rd for quite a few years now. Um, and he's always had a big military presence and made me really want to fulfill his legacy, I guess, um, of going into the military. And the guard was just a perfect option for me for wanting to get a bachelor's degree and go to college full time and still serve my country and be in the Air Force at the same time. Those are some pretty uh, high values. I mean, joining the Guard to serve your country is a big thing. Uh, we do give some benefits away, like uh, some really good college benefits and stuff. But how important is that serving your country to you, that ideological start? It is honestly a big thing to me because, I mean, this is my country. These The people here are my family. And um I just, I want to protect my family, you know, so um, serving them, giving back to the citizens of the United States and um, also getting those sweet benefits of college tuition, really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just serving my family, basically. It's a wonderful way of looking at our, our, our big country family, Sarah, and I'm glad you put it that way. Um, Hey, you mentioned your college benefits. So you are a student at the University of Minnesota Duluth. Uh, go Bulldogs. Boy, it pains me to say that. I'm a <laughs> Gopher fan. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll treat you well on this one. But uh, what are you studying at the University of Minnesota Duluth? And then how are you balancing military service in your college education? Yeah, so my major is integrated elementary and special education. So I am getting a dual licensure in special education, K through 12, and elementary education. So I can teach special education, K through 12, or elementary schoolers. Um, and 
I'm loving it, honestly. The people in the degree are just my kind of people. They're amazing. Um, the balance, um, well, I one weekend a month, I drive down on a Friday after class, um, stay at my house Friday night, and then go to drill, um, drive back up Sunday uh, night. Um, and I also have five level, my um, financial management uh, college course, kind of, essentially. Um, so I do that um, basically every day. Um, but it's not too hard of a thing to balance, honestly. It sounds like you are balancing quite a bit. We'll talk about your uh, Air Force specialty code job uh, here in just a second, because you you are not doing elementary education in the military. Uh, having the same certificate that you're working on, um, there are some similarities to teaching elementary school kids and uh, and being in the military specifically treating people with uh, good respect, compassion, and we do a lot of training. Do you see some similarities between what you're majoring in and what you're going into as a part of the military? Um, well, so my job is finance. So most of my job is customer service. And uh, that's a lot of interaction with other airmen. And I just love interacting with other people um, and that's a lot of what elementary education is, is just interacting with all sorts of different students and their parents as well. Um, so I see a similarity there, specifically with my job. Um, I don't, I can't think of any other similarities off the top of my head, though. Yeah, for sure. And that customer service thing is so important, especially when we're, you know, when we're teaching but also when we're taking good care of uh, the folks so we make sure that they get paid really well. Uh, it is a little bit of a departure, though, Sarah. So how did you choose the job that you're in? Did you get to choose when you came into the Air National Guard your job, first of all? Yes, I did. I was given a list of, I believe, six to eight job choices that I was qualified for and had positions open. And then I toured finance and um I really wanted like a cubicle job kind of, <laughs> I don't know why exactly. That's just what really uh, spoke to me. And then we toured finance and the people there, it's just a family. Like they are just amazing people. And that's like the main thing that really drew me to that job. That's uh, that is fantastic. You chose, as you said, a cubicle job. Um, and at the 133rd, we fly planes and we take them all around the world and we deliver a lot of cargo and, and personnel and, and uh, we put people in some pretty tough places. Um, that's just part of the job that we do. But you're doing something that isn't necessarily that typical military job. Um, do you feel like you're contributing to the mission? And if so, how? I definitely feel like I'm contributing to the mission 100 um, percent. Because without money, we can't do anything. Um, we can't get the planes off the ground. You can't have planes in the first place. You can't move the cargo around. Um, people wouldn't show up to their jobs if there was no money. So I feel like we definitely have a big part in the mission. So glad that you see that because you're, you're absolutely 100% correct. Um, Sarah, like I mentioned in your intro there, you left for basic training in July of 2022. So that was like a half a year after you joined, about right? I believe seven months, yes. Yep, seven months. And 
according to my math, that's that's pretty darn close. Uh, you uh, you kind of hung around the wing for a while, or what was that experience like? Once you you know enlisted, you had to wait for a while to go to basic training. What did you do in the meantime that seven months? So I was still drilling. So one week in a month, I'd still be on base. Um, but I was in student flight, which I honestly enjoyed so much um, because student flight is just a couple of other airmen who have signed their contracts and they're just waiting for dates to go to BMT. So we're all just kind of clueless together and learning together. Um, so it was a really good community to prepare ourselves for uh, BMT. And we got to talk to recent returners from BMT and tech school um, and ask them all sorts of different questions. Um, Student flight really prepared me a lot for tech school, but also really BMT because I was very anxious before BMT, but I remembered the stuff. Let's explore that a little bit. You said you you remembered some of the stuff and you keep talking about BMT, basic military training. Um, You were nervous going down there, right? Yes, very. Yeah. What did you do really to prepare other than student flight and and some of the training that you got there? How did you get ready to go to basic training? I was going to the gym almost every day. Um, I definitely don't think I prepared myself enough physically. Um, They recommend for you to be able to pass a fitness test before even leaving. Um, I was just so close to passing the test right before I left, but I was making progress and really pushing myself um, physically to physically prepare myself for BMT, but also I was um, really, I mean, (laughs) I didn't do all that much outside of student flight just because student flight really like it had a lot of good information um they gave us uh like handouts that showed the um airman's creed and the air force song um so we were able to memorize that um so just not all that much outside of uh student flight besides physical fitness. Yeah. You, uh, we put you on a plane there in July and, and shipped you off to beautiful Lackland Air Force Base, Texas, and you showed up. Um, what was that experience like, uh, just landing at the airport and, you know, walk us through that first day, that first evening. Yeah. So, um, in the afternoon, I got on the plane, landed, and went to the USO at Uh, San Antonio International Airport, waited there for a bus to pick us up and take us to Lackland. Um, We got off the bus, they told us, hand our bags in your left hand, line up against the wall, look straight ahead, no talking, no movement, look straight ahead. Um, And then they told us to take out our orders, take out our CAC or driver's license, because active duty didn't have CACs yet. Um, And they just instantly started yelling at us. <laughs> a CAC being uh, basically a military identification card that we do give our folks before they head on down there. And then they started yelling at you. Um, did you ever in that moment, Sarah, think, oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Honestly, I don't, I never once 
questioned my decision to join the Air Force. I never once questioned it, but I did think, holy cow, this is going to be hard. That's just what was running through my brain. And I just needed to keep my head on a swivel. I needed to keep my ears open, keep my eyes open. And I just really got into like a game mindset of like, okay, I just need to make it past this quarter. I just need to make it past the next quarter and then just play as hard as I possibly can. Um, and then come out the end victorious basically at graduation. It's, it's good that you kind of broke it up into, into bite-sized chunks. You, you mentioned quarters. I, I get the sports analogy and then that's a, that really <laughs> is a good one, but going through something that is hard, um, and getting through that at the end, uh, what have you learned most about yourself going through that experience? Honestly, how amazing I am and how strong I am. Um, Because I didn't have a lot of self-confidence growing up as a kid. But um, when I decided to join the Air Force, um, I'd tell people and they'd say, oh my gosh, like that's amazing. Like you are so brave for doing that. And I didn't start believing those people until I went to BMT and I started succeeding in BMT and then coming out of BMT with honor graduate in the top 10% of my class, I really like just the sense of pride. And I learned that I am an amazing person and I can do anything my, my I can set my mind to, honestly. That's, that's a fantastic transformation just in a a short period of time with you, Sarah. I mean, it's uh, to use the term, I, I am an amazing person and I've done some brave things. That's, that's a pretty affirming statement. You still have that feeling every day? Yes. Um, every time I put on the uniform, even though it's only one weekend a month, every time I put on that uniform and I see my name tape on my chest and then the Air, U.S. Air Force on the other side of my chest, just that sense of pride and just I'm amazing and I, I did it and I will continue to do it. That is fantastic. Well, let's, let's talk about the next thing that you did. You finished up basic training um, and I've been to the ceremony. It's a, it is a really emotional and a touching, uh, a touching piece of our airmen's lives when they finish off basic training. But you, your, your journey wasn't quite done yet. Where did you go after basic training and and what did you learn? So after basic training, the night after we graduated, they put us on a bus again and they drove us over to the nine hour drive over to Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi. So Southern Mississippi, right on the coast. Um, And that drive over was gorgeous. (laughs) Right when we left through the gate or left through the gates of dry San Antonio with the brown grass and then entered the gates of Keesler Air Force Base with the humidity and just gorgeous green grass. It was amazing. You, you get a big, big appreciation for that. And, and here we are. And uh, Sarah, we're, uh, we're recording this on the 16th of March in Minnesota and it's all white outside. Yes. So green grass sounds wonderful. Yes, it does. So when you when you arrived at tech school, was that 
you know, similar to your arrival at basic training, did they line you up against a wall and yell at you for a while? How was, how was that? Did they treat you differently? They did treat us differently. And my group that was on the bus, we actually got in a little trouble. Um, so they did stuff completely different for us because we left the trash bags on the bus, which we should not have done. So we got yelled at and we got some push-ups, <laughs> but normally that is not how it goes for entering tech school. Um, normally they just walk you off the bus. They say, okay, walk over to that drill pad, line up. Um, this is your dorm. Go walk over to your dorm, get settled. Um, but we got some tools because we did not follow directions, <laughs> but a normally it is a calm. Yes. <laughs> normally it is calmer. Oh, for sure. Eventually you stopped doing push-ups, and they, they got you settled into uh, a dorm, which, you know, when you think of military barracks, you think of a big long hallway with a lot of bunk beds, and that's similar to your basic training experience. What was your dorm life, uh, living accommodations like? At Keesler, they were amazing, honestly. I still miss my Keesler dorm. Um, it was me and this one other girl. We had uh, two separate closets that locked. They were walk-in closets, um, small walk-in closets, but walk-in closets. Um, and then we had a bathroom in our dorm and two sinks. And we each got our own desk. We got a big window that we could open up and feel the humid breeze. Um, and there were study rooms on each floor so you could hang out with your friends. Um, there was a pool table, a couple TVs. It was a nice dorm. I really liked it. Wasn't quite a vacation. A little bit better than the University of Minnesota Duluth's dorms, though, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so you're staying there in the beautiful dorm. I never heard somebody talk about uh, military dorms so so fantastically. But uh, you're staying there in the military dorm, and does it feel like a college campus to you at that moment? Um. No, not really. I mean, it's still military. Yeah. Like, uh, we were, we formed up into flights and marched over to uh, the schoolhouse every day and then marched back. And anywhere that we went during the duty day, so from 0700 to 1600, we had to march everywhere. Um, so it didn't really feel like a college experience. Um, we were like going to class and learning, but it's still military. Mm -hmm. And you were learning about finance and financial management in the military system. How long was your tech school and how complex of a, a subject is that? So they keep changing the length. Um, it was longer and then it was shorter. But when I went, it was six weeks and um, it wasn't too complex. Uh, it was mostly about um, Excel and Microsoft 360 and PowerPoint and Outlook. Um, but we also talked a lot about all of the many, many regulations that we have to follow for finance. Um, so it was it got rigorous during the like regulations part because um, there are just so many regulations that we have to constantly um, check back with to make sure that we are checking every box. Um, but it wasn't too, too hard. It's definitely not one of the hardest tech schools, but um, like it did challenge me. 
which is good. And you seem to be a pretty smart and studious person. It, it takes a lot to go through. Uh, you know, elementary ed is, is hard enough, but going through the special ed program, there's a lot of regulations and rules that go along with uh, um, working in that in that part of the field. So uh, has, has your time at uh, your Air Force training, your Air Force tech school, did that help you become a better student? And do you feel a little more, uh, were you more prepared for college because of that experience? 100% yes. Um, throughout um, probably middle school and the beginning of high school, I was not a very good student. I would not pay attention in class. I would not uh, turn in my assignments on time. But then um, probably sophomore, junior year, I really got my act together and decided to join the military. And then senior year, I was starting to pick up that uh, studious mindset. But then uh, right after or like in um, tech school that's when it really started clicking that i need to have a schedule i need to do stuff on time with my full effort um and now i am most definitely a better student i have not missed any deadlines and turn in stuff days to weeks early with my full effort and my professors um know me by name <laughs> and they thank me for I'm always attentive in class, and yeah. I think the military definitely um, enforced that. Yeah, it, you sound like you also uh, self-advocate pretty well. If, you're, if your profs know you, you talked a little bit about your degree of confidence going through high school and how that has changed. And now you, uh, you mentioned your time and your experience there at UMD and how your professors know you. Have you become a better self-advocate, uh, somebody that really, you know how to push yourself, Sarah, but on top of that, uh, going to an adult and asking for help and, and being a, uh, a thoughtful learner, did the military help you with that or has that always been a part of who you are, Sarah? Um, I've always been an incredibly self-sufficient person, almost to a fault. Um, I was raised to be very independent and um, very strong but in BMT, it's all about teamwork. Um, you cannot be selfish in BMT. You need to help your fellow trainees. You need to help your fellow airmen. Um, so in BMT, I'd be folding my bed corners super, super fast. And I remember this one time I got my bed completely made and the MTI military training instructor um, was standing there. And then she started lighting me up for being selfish because my trainee next to me, my fellow airman, had not finished her bed and needed help. Um, so ever since then, I have really changed from being a selfish person just by myself to helping my fellow airmen. Um, and that also translates with um, doing something incorrectly and then not asking my fellow airmen or fellow students for help. Um, and uh, I, I just can't be all by myself, all quiet, just in my corner. I need to um, reach out and make sure stuff is correct, make sure I'm doing stuff correctly, make sure I know that um, the full extent of the assignment or what the professor needs. Um, so it's definitely helped me be a better self-advocate. That's awesome. You, uh, you do talk a lot about how our training instructors and, and really our our ethos, the culture we have in the military is very team-centered. 
Um, you work in a small team there in finance. You mentioned it's, it's a cubicle way of life. Um, and I, I get that, but uh, it's a small group of people that work in finance. It doesn't take a big group like uh, a bunch of maintainers to air, maintain the aircraft. Uh, how does that teamwork structure work in a small group? And what are those relationships like with the, uh, the folks that you work with on your drill weekends? Yeah, so um, we each, it is uh, probably an office of about 13 or 14 people, if I remember correctly, um, civilians and military together. Um, and uh, we all have, well, I haven't been specifically assigned to a department yet, but um, we have one airman per like travel pay or mill pay or civilian pay or the folks over in budget. Um, so we each have our own lanes to fill, but with my job specifically, since I'm not assigned to a specific area yet, um, I'm, I'm still learning. So I'll like reach out to the master sergeant next to me and ask her if I'm doing something correctly or if she can help me on something. And we all just really help each other. Like if someone knows a regulation for one specific situation um, and someone else doesn't, they'll reach out and um, ask them. And we'll get phone calls about a certain situation and really want to help that airman with the question. So we'll reach out to the rest of the office to see who can help. Um, so it is very much a teamwork. Like you have to be a team to fulfill um, the job. Yeah. Um you're, you're working through your finance management upgrade training. It's just a part of the, the Air Force specialty code. I mentioned we were going to just circle back to that real quick. You're balancing that. That's a pretty rigorous Air Force training program. Um, and I know that you're, you're taking time during your college classes to also work on your upgrade training. You get college credit for all of this work, don't you? Yes. Tor in the community college of the air force we get college credit um i don't get college credit through my own university like my civilian university um but we get credit through community college of the air force towards the associate or bachelor's degree for our afsc our job um and i don't know 100 percent um but i believe that's really all the credit we get I think. Yeah. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, I'll just do the uh, the easy tease here to tune in for the next episode of Beneath the Wing, and you can hear how uh, college credit gets transferred to the university or college that you're attending um, out of the oh, cool. Community College of the Air Force. And you can listen to that one, Sarah. So uh, last question for you here. Um, we talked a lot about your experience going to basic training uh, the time before uh, joining the military and then how you're balancing everything and you're doing a terrific job balancing it, Sarah, what are your goals for the remainder of your term? And, uh, you know, with those goals, when you get a chance to talk to other people, is this something you recommend for them? I recommend the air national guard to basically all of my friends. They're getting a little annoyed with me because I'll constantly be talking about it um, because I just love it so much and it's really just changed my life so much and I can tell that it is going to continue to change my life positively. Um, and my goal is to stay in um, past 20 years 
um, long-term I want to commission um, and go as far as I possibly can, um, maybe even up to 06 or past, fingers crossed, I will try my hardest. Um, but uh, short-term, definitely just really, really getting good at my job and really getting proficient and just exceeding in expectations in the financial management office. Thanks for giving both your long and your short term. And, and that commissioning side is a lifelong enlisted guy. I, uh, we do need those um, strategic level leaders in, in our good commissioned officers and a good airman, a good enlisted airman will make a pretty darn good commissioned officer. So I want to just give you a word of encouragement on that. Sarah, Thank you so much. Um, I know family brought you to the Air National Guard, but you're already making a great impact yourself as a part of our 133rd Airlift Wing family. And we're so glad to have you as a part of our wing. And thank you for joining me on Beneath the Wings First Year Stories. Yeah, thank you so much. As always, thanks for joining me on Beneath the Wing where those connected with the 133rd Airlift Wing, Minnesota Air National Guard share their stories of strength and success. We will be releasing a new first year story each Tuesday and Thursday throughout the month of February, March, and April. If you think you are someone whose story could be a part of our Wings family here in Minnesota and are seeking direction for your next step in life, or you know someone who is, please explore our opportunities at 133aw.ang.af.mil and share these podcasts. If you're outside our local area but are still interested in serving in the Air National Guard in your state or territory, goang.com will get you started. That's goang.com. As always, I'd like to thank our public affairs section, especially Amy Lovegren, for her post-production and release work. I've been your host, Wing Command Chief Master Sergeant Mark Lightbold.